0: And now, without further ado, I bring you my talk with the wonderful, legendary comedian, the very, very funny and brilliant, out of retirement for one interview only, folks. It's a really big deal that he did this for me. I appreciate it so much. The one and only, Shecky Green. Enjoy. <laughs> And welcome to Modern Day Philosophers. Modern Day Philosophers. Having failed to pay attention in school,
1: Danny Lobel, now older and wiser, will attempt to learn Basic Philosophy 101. Our
0: young hero will be joined by today's top comedians, philosophers all their own.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, here's Danny Lobel.
0: Modern Day
1: Philosophers.
0: Check, check, check. How are you doing? How check,
1: are you feeling? check, check. Are you getting me? Kylie, could you hear? Yeah. Okay. Kylie is checking on both of us. Which one talks the brightest, my friend? I hope this doesn't take four hours. I hope in an hour it ends. What more can I say? What more can I do? I just for today, just met you. You're quite a nice guy, it's plain to see. You shared a bottle of orange juice with me. Ah uh, uh, uh.
0: <laughs> I okay. tried to do the interview with you yesterday, but I went about oh two hundred miles my my the wrong way.
1: Take it. Here's a guy I keep on saying to him, "Do, do me a favor. Look on your GPS. Put on your GPS." Yeah. And then I found out you didn't know what a GPS was. Yeah, I'm not a, Yeah, you I'm were not.
0: Che- up, I'm not up with things. No, I'm-
1: you were checking your USS, <laughs> your FID, your ATI. But the G, that's the greatest thing in the world. GPS. When that woman comes on, right. I make a left corner two blocks away. No, schmuck, you missed it. It's a half a block back. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, what do you think is the best invention of your of your lifetime?
1: Uh, the the type of airplanes they have now, the L thirty five, which is does just about it. Do you know what the L thirty five is? No, tell me. Good, I'll tell you next next interview. Oh.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> it's it's we live in a time that's just it's frightening because I'm at an age at eighty eight that I remember. Uh, when something was was uh, you know developed uh it was it was such a big thing the way to change the cars and the way but now it it's it's like it's it's frightening uh
0: things are moving too fast
1: moving too fast too mechanical uh The destruction of what we're seeing with Israel and Hamas and everything. And I think Israel could have, if they really wanted to destroy these people, could have gone in in one sweep and just destroyed everything with Hamas. Oh, of course. But they would have destroyed Israel. They would have destroyed Gaza.
0: What, What do you think? Does that situation have a resolve? Will You're, it ever
1: resolve? Do you think? No, so? it hasn't resolved it in millions of years. does she resolve now, you know, and even the t- t- people waiting for Jesus to come back—he don't want to come back with this going on. Mm-hmm. He looks every once in a while. He says, "Listen, you want one of them a favor, when they stop with all the guns and everything else, then I'll take a ride." <laughs> but right now, you know, Moses, did you ever get shoes for walking on the sand? When I told you to get shoes, did you ever get them? <laughs> Hey, what a dummy! <laughs> but uh, we could be doing uh, Mel Brooks and, and Carl Reiner here. Yeah. But it's it, to me, it's just frightening. I'm I'm at an age that I'm saying it's time for me. If I go, it's time that I've seen everything. I don't want to see what's coming. I don't want to see what's
0: coming. Really, you really think it's much worse now than it's ever been? Oh yes, and every and
1: every month and every year, it's going to get worse. I mean, they keep on they keep on building things for destruction. Now we got a little guy like Putin. I mean, we had Hitler, we had we had the other Russians and everything else, but it's it, this man is insane.
0: You're saying he makes Hitler look saner?
1: Well, no, 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 no. Nobody, you know, you can't judge uh, Hitler by him because Hitler was is completely off. With, uh, Well, I mean, this guy's insane in a different way. Uh He was ahead of the KGB and everything else, and he knows nothing but strength and pushing and stuff, so... And I think Obama, and I, I, I'm afraid to say, because I voted for Obama, Obama's actually frightened of this man because Obama is in that, that position for those type of things. Obama's good for the health care. Obama's good for the insurance. Oba- but he don't know from this stuff.
0: He's not a wartime conciliary. No, no,
1: no, 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 you know. I'll tell you the truth. You want to know something? You need one of these kind of guys. <laughs> yeah, get in the car and go get him. It would be nice if they could go from a building and shoot Putin, you know. Right? Can't do that. But I, I I'm, I'm frightened for Obama because, consequently, we do not have uh, the, the caliber of people in the, the Congress and in, the, in politics that could take care of these things. I don't see one guy that I could look at and say he can handle this situation. I'm not. A, I'm not that brilliant or anything else. But I just, I, as a as a layman, I don't see
0: anybody. We need somebody like Churchill. Would you say Churchill would be good? Well, for us? And,
1: and Churchill at the end, they they voted Churchill out. So take a look. How great were they, the British, and loyal to this man? I read books on Churchill, and I just I fall in love with this man every time I read a book about him, and. Uh, but Churchill painted, and Churchill did this, and Churchill did the Secretary of War. And Ch- but we don't have we don't have the caliber, but politicians like that, you know.
0: Yeah, they're not even le- decent painters. The last uh, <laughs> George W. Bush was a painter, but his stuff has got nothing on Churchill. George W. Bush was a painter. Yeah, he, <laughs> he paints. I think he paints pictures of his dogs. Uh,
1: he can paint all he wants. Sure. I don't know. I don't know how he get in. That's that's that, that's that the, the Typical of the way I feel about the public. How did this man ever get in the first place?
0: Do you think there's anything to these guys in power being painters, Churchill being a painter, Bush being a painter, and Hitler was a painter as well?
1: Well, Hitler started out as a painter. That's what. The, if he was a better painter, maybe he wouldn't have had this problem. Right. But... Uh, I think that's there's, you know, for taking up the time and everything else and being alone. You know, if you want to take up time and do things with other people, that's like playing golf. With, that's something else. But they want to do things and be alone,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a solitary thing? Solitary things. Mm-hmm.
1: Throw in the words that I leave out.
0: Well, I paint too, so I think about these Are you things. a painter? I'm a painter too.
1: I painted the bedroom one time. I painted it uh, <laughs> red. That's how I found out my first wife was really cheating. I left one week and and she painted the whole thing like a whorehouse. When I came back, the bulb was sticking out. I'll never forget. It was all red at the house. And the two guys
0: that were living there, I didn't know. Where was this? Where?
1: This was in Beverly Hills.
0: I heard uh, Rickles tell a story about you on television uh, where Frank Sinatra called off a bunch of thugs in miami is that right no 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 the joke went
1: like this i i used to use a joke that frank saved my life in miami beach five guys were beating me up and i heard frank say that's enough Uh
0: uh-huh
1: well actually it's basically a true story but it wasn't frank that said that's enough it was jilly Mm -hmm. but uh i can't even mention the guys that were doing it but i split one guy's face well
0: to this day you can't mention them
1: I wouldn't even mention her. It Does, doesn't pay to mention. They don't mention me. I don't mention them.
0: They're still around, these guys?
1: Kitty Kelly had it in a book once. It's another favorite of mine. A, 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 we call it, in, in Yiddish, we call it a shtiktrek. Uh-huh. You know what a shtiktrek is? Uh, yeah, a shitty piece. Uh, she's a shtiktrek. She would write all of that stuff about everything, you know. And uh, she came to my house once, wanting a story on something else and got a story about Sinatra. So she put that in a book,
0: Uh mm-hmm. huh. But, uh, well, what, well, what was the true story, if you don't mind my answer? No, there's no true story. Uh, you said the joke was based on a true story. Well, it's a true story. That what I just said happened. You know? Right, right. But what hap- how did it go down? What, what were the details?
1: Well, every time it's something, Frank and I had a love-hate relationship. And I never took the abuse that he gave to other people. Uh, and uh, he would say to me come on we're going to dinner i says i don't want to eat an italian meal again i want to go where they got jewish food on washington street mm-hmm. at the famous you know famous restaurant owned by morris lerner and he would say i want you to come with us and i said i wouldn't come with you so that used to get. so he used to say to me time, you day you're gonna get it one day you're gonna get it mm-hmm. so i used to say to him when are you gonna give it to me what when, when is this thing gonna happen so eventually he had five guys and you know, I got in about three o'clock in the morning at the Fountain Blue Hotel, and there's five guys waiting for
0: because me. Because you didn't want to eat Italian food?
1: Well, that's just one of the things. <laughs> there's a lot of things I didn't want to do. You know,
0: man, I gotta. I'm never gonna turn down an Italian meal again. I gotta. Well,
1: I gotta eat Italian. My wife is Italian. <laughs> right. Know. I eat. I eat Italian food 366 days a year. I don't know where she gets an extra day, but I eat it. <laughs> But uh, and the funny thing about my father-in-law was worked with uh, Frank Sinatra. He was on the band with Tommy
0: Dorsey. Oh, really? So they were roommates. Him uh, and Tommy Dorsey were. No, no. Or him and Sinatra. Vito
1: Musso and and uh, and, uh, and Frank shared the same room. They mm. were very close.
0: Was there a threat as a comedian of the mob in in, in Vegas? Well, not for me because I, I worked for them. I, they were my
1: they were my saviors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked for Sam Giancana in Chicago and he was my like my like my godfather and Frank Costello in New York was like my godfather. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know it until many years later because I saved a hotel in Reno called the Reno called the Golden Hotel and from there they wanted to put me in Vegas and uh they, they I saved I saved two hotels. The uh, Tropicana was closed okay. in uh, Vegas. And I was working the Riviera. The Riviera became such a success with the lounge that they came to me and offered me five points at the Tropicana mm-hmm. if I'd go in there. Well, I looked around. I said, "No." Oh, and then I wanted to fix up the lounge and they didn't want me to. So I was leaving. And then I told them, okay, I'll do this. I'll fix this, I'll fix that. So now I got five points in the Tropicana at a salary. Mm-hmm. So I left the Riviera. I stayed six years at the Tropicana, and then they brought in the Mary Kay Trio. I was getting $6,500 a week. They were getting 10000 So I went to my boss, and my contract was over. Right. I went to my boss, and I said, why are they getting... 10000 and I'm getting 6500 and I really saved the hotel. He said, because there's three of them and there's only one of you. And I said, now there's only three of them because my contract is over. I'm leaving. So I went back to the Riviera, which was closed. It was bad shape.
0: Now, you weren't afraid to do that kind of thing, these guys? Was, no, not at all. They wouldn't rough you up if you... If no. You... Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how it is. I only know from movies. No, no, no,
1: no. I love most of those guys. Anyway, I went back to the, tri- the Riviera, and they gave me two points yeah in the hotel and a nice salary so, yeah so I left, and I went back and I made the riviera success
0: what what were uh what were the greatest years for you in in show business
1: you know uh I could say all of them, but I really suffered. I became a drinker, which was not part of me. I never had drinks before. I married a girl who was a drunker, a drinker, and I. Is this the I one be- who
0: painted the house huh that's the yeah f-
1: that's the one that painted the house yeah. And I became a drinker, which was bad for Vegas, and a gambler, which I never knew. I I was a player. Now people got to understand. I keep saying this. When you see a man says he's a gambler, you got to find out is he really a gambler? There's very few, maybe one out of a million is a gambler. All the rest are players. That's what all these games are for. Players.
0: What's the difference? How do you? The
1: difference is a player cannot win. Impossible to win. I don't care if he wins $1000 today, he's going to lose $2000. That's a player. But a gambler knows what he's doing. He knows the odds, he knows what this, he knows that, he knows when to quit, he knows when to go, and that's it.
0: So you were a gambler. No, I was a I was a player. A, you were a player.
1: I was a player.
0: Is there a personality type that you've detected? Amongst these people who are gamblers, uh,
1: destructive. Oh, every personality with gambling is destructive because it's just one addiction. And if you find people with that particular addiction, they got ten others. Mm-hmm. Uh, either they're smokers, they're drinkers, there's this. they got anybody with one addiction, especially gambling, has got to have two or three addictions.
0: But being around Vegas playing the clubs all the time, were you gambling as well all the time? Sure. When I got drunk, I didn't know what I was doing. So, you, so One you...
1: day I won $90,000, went to bed. Three hours later, I got up and lost it.
0: Never knew. Gee. Wow. Never knew. Wow. The
1: next morning they told me, you know, Boy, you should have seen yourself last night, Shaq. You're really, really wild, you know that? <laughs> you were playing Baccarat. I don't even know what Baccarat is. How did I do? <laughs> Evidently, you didn't do well. Those are not your clothes, We right had <laughs> alone your suit.
0: <laughs> what do you think is the appeal of gambling? What do you, what do you think people it's love about it Because people
1: so are, have addicted personalities. They just, people with food, uh, people with, they just have these addicted, and once you hit that addiction, you can't stop. Some people go their whole life and not even know they got that addiction. Right. Thank God, you know. Mm-hmm. But I developed an addiction of buying things. I became compulsive in buying things. Uh, I became very manic. I bought uh, what they call a desk. Wooten desk. Wooten desks were very expensive desks, uh, 12000 15000 20000 mm-hmm. I bought 100 of them. I went out, I started buying a Wooten desk, and uh, it was a sickness.
0: Do you think it's hereditary?
1: I, who says an addiction is already? People sometimes that are not even uh, uh, around that situation, any situation that you're not around, you pe- can't become addicted to it. Mm-hmm. But if all of a sudden, you take a guy that's never seen it gambling, and you put him in a gambling house. Well, you know, you bring out that addiction. But you, you know, it all depends where, how, what, and what your your upbringing was. You know.
0: Well, what were your folks like?
1: They were nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, mother was, uh, my mother was one of the great, great ladies of the world. But what's funny, when she went to a, a wedding and she had one drink, one drink, this wonderful Jewish lady would go crazy. And later on, that's the way I went.
0: So maybe it is passed down. So that
1: was. My grandfather, who we used to have a brown paper bag always in front of his mouth, he worked outside where it was cold, and uh-huh. we thought he was hyperventilating, uh-huh. but he wasn't. He had a, a bottle of booze in that brown paper bag, <laughs> and when he put it down, he would have a smile on his face. You know? yeah. So that ran in the family, that little bit of alcoholism. you know.
0: What did your dad do?
1: My dad was a shoe salesman, and uh, my dad gambled on horses, and that was my downfall, because he took me with him wherever he went, and I... I became addicted to gambling with horses.
0: You know that you and I have something in common? What? We both have a horse named after us, or had. What horse was yours? Well, it was named after me. Danny what? Danny Lobel, the horse. Danny Lobel was a, what's called a horse? Was a uh, a uh, trotter. It was actually Daniel Lobel. I just all know that Lobel, it, for a long all, time it was doing... Okay,
1: all the Lobels are, are, are trotting horses. Uh-huh. Di- different horses than thoroughbreds.
0: So you know, you might know the horse version of me. Danny
1: Lobel, I know the I know the stock, the Lobel stock.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's some relative of mine I've never met that that raises these horses. And they name them after everybody in the family. Yeah, I used to get real jealous of the horse because I would put my name into Google and the horse, the horse would, would, would be come, doing so well and I'd be uh, on well page that's, 16.
1: That, that's a joke that I used. I said that uh, I went to England... And the guy's, he's always say, "I never knew you were a, a, a human being. I thought you were a horse." <laughs> he says, "I thought you were running the Kentucky Derby." What have you got to say for yourself? And I went,
0: <clears throat> <laughs> "Oh man!" But then they put my horse out to stud. I remember you. I remember you had a bit about how your horse couldn't go out to stud. Because uh, they, they'd neutered your horse, right? No,
1: no, they never neutered my horse. They,
0: they didn't fix the horse that was on your own? No, album. no, no,
1: not my horse. was a, My horse was a stud, but uh, they neutered me. <laughs> they, <laughs> I mean, uh, I really talk. You see, you're talking to my other voice. This is the real me, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, my, matter of fact, when I went to watch my horse at stud, what they have is a teaser. Do you know, how you watched
0: your horse stud.
1: Yeah, did you ever know how they do that? No. They get the mare, and the mare's in order to get the mare really in heat, they put her in a stall, and they bring over a horse. It's called a teaser, and the teaser's brought in next to that horse, and when that teaser gets the smell of the horse, being in, you know. ready to go goes completely crazy and Breaks down the stall and everything,
0: boom, 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 boom. The boom. horse does or the teaser the does? The teaser does. Okay.
1: So that gets the mare ready. She opens up. Then uh-huh. they bring in the stud. The stud only takes about three seconds. He comes in. He gives a shtup uh-huh. to the mare. The teaser goes. I go, might as well put a bullet to his head. Yeah. Because he's going completely crazy. But the stud, for three, three minutes, he, he gives a little bit to the mare, and that's it.
0: Man, I feel bad for the teaser.
1: Oh, the te- forget I was a teaser in high school. They always took me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're you're the guy who talks to the girl and gets her in the mood. Some other guy swoops in and...
1: Girl said one day I took Shaky Green out. He was a teaser.
0: Yeah.
1: But, uh...
0: Did you feel close with your horse?
1: Let me tell you, one time, it it was in uh, Kentucky, uh, Lexington to Kentucky. My horse was Donner and I had to go down and do a show. So they said, let's go take a picture of Shaky Green and Shaky Green. Uh Uh-huh. So the television came out newspaper came out. they walked my horse out and as my right hand to God is a true story the horse bypassed a hundred people and bit me in the arm <laughs> so the guy put the next Shecky green did not like Shecky green <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that can work both ways
1: <laughs> and that, that happened that happened to me a lot that I didn't yeah. Sh- I didn't like Shecky green
0: Shecky green lost your money
1: but uh, no I never I bet one bet on Shecky green and that's all
0: and did and did you win on that one
1: Yeah, you pay three to five. Three to five is like three to five is like me giving the money back anyway.
0: Do you think you like going to the races because it makes you feel close, reminds you of your dad? No, no,
1: no. My father, no, I don't want to. I talk to him all the time. Why did you teach me this, you dirty? No, I don't (laughs) want to. That's the worst thing in the world that ever happened to
0: me. Is the fact that he brought you to the races?
1: Yeah, it really was. It was a bad thing.
0: But you don't think that maybe the reason you kept going there was because it reminded you of him and so on? No, way? no, no, no,
1: no, no. I don't want to be reminded. I loved him and everything else, but I don't want to be reminded of him.
0: No, I uh,
1: and I come from a very nice family.
0: Were they supportive of you being a comedian?
1: Oh, forget about it. What check? What check you're talking about? <laughs> The one to my mother, the one to my father. I even gave my brother a couple dollars, <laughs> and my aunt you see give me a call. She said, "Can I also have it before I holler?" <laughs> and then my uncle said, "Before I went to bed, I'd like a couple dollars too." And all of them became my favorite relatives. Wouldn't the same thing happen to you? Hey, what if
0: someone would give me some money? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say thank I'll you. I'll tell you,
1: know, it's amazing. I'm not much in religion, but I am a Jew through and through. Whenever I got a chance to be Jewish, mm-hmm. and if I spoke a fluent Yiddish right now, that's all I'd be doing at Yiddish shows. I'd be like a <laughs> menasha Skalnik, Because I really, I don't want to, it's not that I don't enjoy entertaining everybody, but there's something about our people, there was something special. Except for the Hasidim. The Hasidim are the only ones. And someday there'll be no Hasidim left because they'll run out of uh, mohair. And when they run out of mohair, they can't make those You know, like the
0: Hasidim? They, whoa,
1: whoa. Well, uh, Hasidim, let me tell you, the Hasidim, I was working in the mountains. Okay. I was working at Kutcher's. And I went in before the show and I went into town and the Walmart had about, it was Friday night. It was Shabbos. Uh-huh. And there were about 400 kids, redheads and with the payas and the talas and the yarmulkes, and they're all standing around smoking cigarettes, 13, 14 years old. And I tried to figure out why are all the Hasidic fathers dark, little skinny guys with beards and the mohair coat, the heavy coat. Then I figured out there was one guy that came out of the mountains, a Swede, that had, <laughs> had blue eyes and red hair and impregnated these girls. <laughs> But
0: my, uh, my my neighbor growing up was a World War II veteran, an Italian guy. Yeah. And I uh, used to we we were best friends, and we would hang out. And he had all the he got me into a lot of stuff because he he would had all the old records and all the photos. He had your signed picture as well. in, You're in, in his house. No, he had all the he had all the great comedians signed photos. And, that's and, a, uh, and I said to him, uh, he one day he says, "Hey, hey, Daniel." He go, "Hey, Danielo. That's what he called me. "Hey, Daniello. Daniello. He go, Daniello you know why the Jews and the Italians get along so well? I said, why? He says, because we raped you for so long. We're all the same. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Jews and Italians are very similar, other than the religion. Yeah. They are a very similar group. That's right. I went to I went to uh, Rome, and they have a, a temple. You ever been to Rome? No. Well, the next as soon as you finish this interview, you go to Rome. <laughs> In Rome, they have a Yiddish temple. And at that particular time, they had the soldiers, they, they were standing uh-huh. outside with the guns and everything. And uh, outside, they were talking, <laughs> And inside, these same people were going, <laughs> I, it, was, it was the most unbelievable thing. My brother and I cried <laughs> while we were there. And, uh, but they're very similar people. Uh-huh. They really are. Of course, I can't, I can't get my wife to wear a shadle, but it's all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> get her a baseball cap and it'll do the trick.
1: All of these conversations, you know, that we're having are things that I used to put into comedy. Whatever I lived, whatever I did. Uh, there was a, a, a guy in uh, Miami Beach, wrote for the Miami paper, John Hadid. And John Honey used to hate me with a purple passion and say in every every article that I do nothing but talk about me and my family. Uh-huh. Well that's the comedy that I had, that's what I came from. Right. And that's what the Jews came from, the Shalom Alechem type of backgrounds and all of those things. Sholomash and all those things. So Every program that came on television after that was, was a, a guy's family. Uh, Ray Romano, Desbalatut Avajen, Echa Baladzuzzi, you know, they were all but families. <laughs> Right, but that's what I talked about, and that's just to get into my or what happened to me at that particular day. I would jump on the stage mm-hmm. and talk about you know.
0: Well, there's it, it never goes away. There's always going to be somebody who wants to do comedy that can't. That's going to just sit there and type and away type about, you know this guy. I don't like that he did this or that. Why do people waste? Well, their you know, Danny,
1: what happened with this guy? He had a wife that sang, and he wanted me to use her all the time.
0: Ah, uh, wow. Well. and
1: I wouldn't use her because it didn't you know didn't call for that. So he, every time he took a weapon it said that he's talking about his family again. He's talking about...
0: see, him. that's the low-level mafia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Honey was not the mafia. Honey.
0: That's when he just, you know, they try to use an, a column to destroy somebody instead.
1: Oh, they did those in those days, too. You know, they had those those writers. Mm-hmm. Mr. Miss American, all the ships at sea. And let's say Victor Mature was seen gawking
0: down. Well, we'll be back to that later on. Right. <laughs> So, so were you were you raised with religion in your life?
1: Uh yes and no. My my grandparents were semi religious because they come from that background. They didn't know anybody. And my mother at the beginning kept two dishes, you know, uh dairy and and, and flesh chicken. But she went to work and uh that all went out the window and the kosher thing all went out the window. She would bring in spare ribs and bacon and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh but uh, I, I, I respect the religion. I respect, but I respect everybody's religion, but I don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't believe in it. I, uh, I don't believe that, that, that uh, Martin Luther King got mad at the church and formed another church. You know, I mean, why, why is that okay? Mm-hmm. You know, other things are, 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 are Brigham Young. Brigham Young took these people and... It, Let's go west, and one guy says, "You go west. I want to go east. I want to go. I want to go. I want to. I want to go in the
0: subways." (laughs) But uh, well, why do you think uh, what you were saying earlier? If you could, if you knew Yiddish well, you'd want to do all the shows in Yiddish. Oh, because
1: I, I I am a Yiddish kite. That doesn't have anything to do with the religion.
0: Culturally, you're saying.
1: Yeah, culturally. But I, I really am, like, uh, like, I would, I listen to Yiddish records right now. I get a I, I love them, you know. Right. Molly Pekin, Lester Walnuts, mm-hmm. Menasha skuldik Yeah. You know, um, I I've want to tell you that the world is changing. It's not the same as I look out the door. I could see that the world is changing. I don't want to be in it anymore. Everybody, I don't want to be in You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, just that thing makes you laugh. It makes right, you smile. Right, 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 right. Yeah. There's, there's, a a, hap- there's a
0: music to, to a the language as yeah. well. I there's mean. a happiness to that. Sing it, yeah, sing a, it. Danny's got it, he's Don't let it go, Danny. Don't let it go. There's, they, a, there's they, a music to the language. That's, yeah. I think, part of what you're expressing there is that, uh, and there's, and, it, and it's also a familiarity. You know,
1: for years, I, w- I was listening to a tape in my cardio the years and the years, they got this... Uh, uh Me wrote this song, but anyway, he has this woman singing Mimi uh, memi me, me, me is salon or is whatever her name is, and then it's bell my la bell well uh, bell Stal bell all these years I thought was a person, uh-huh. it's a town
0: uh-huh you know a shtetle, <laughs>
1: shtetle, yeah a is a town, sure yeah, and i thought for 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 eighty years of my life that they were singing about a woman <laughs> bell you know.
0: I'm looking. I'm going from town to town. Bell! Bell! (laughs) Did you you feel uh, uh, when you did the mountains and you did the Catskill Mountains, you had all these religious Jews in the audience?
1: No, I never had religious Jews in the audience. Uh, Oh, no? I never worked any of those places ever I worked I worked later on see I'm I'm from a different era so I went to the mountains much much later when I started to make money and the other comics were not making the kind of they were jealous because Charlie Rapp and I became very close mm-hmm. and Charlie paid me like a little extra because I was from Chicago the other guys were all bitching and one time they took me and they put me in a, a place called the Armstrong uh the Armstrong Hotel or Motel and they had bunk beds uh-huh. And the guys, there was a guy, Eddie Schaefer, there was somebody else, there was, a, I just mentioned that one name that I remember. And they were all sleeping in those things and with torn linoleum. So I walked into this and I said, Am I insane? This is what I got, you know, I quit college to go into this, mm-hmm. to sleep in a bunk bed, you know, right. which I did in the Navy. <laughs> this is not for me. So I went to Charlie and I said, Charlie, you know, cancel me out of. I'm leaving. He's, wait, don't, 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 don't do that. So he put me up at Grossinger's, Mm and Mrs. Grossinger put me in her house. Now I'm staying at Mrs. Grossinger's house. I go to do a show that night. It's 120 in the playhouse, and I'm sweating and schmitzing and so and So So I finish, and I go to another place, uh, Evans. I double that night, you explain later on what doubling is.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I double at night. Then I Two came shows in a night. I came back for breakfast and I was sitting. When you do bad and you're at a table, everybody gets up and leaves. So you know you did bad. Right. So I'm sitting at this large table and a guy comes over with a little black beard, a yarmulke, a skinny guy. And he says, to I want to ask you something. How do you think you did last night? I said, did what? What did I do? I said, Viking, I want to ask you, how did you think you did last night? I said, I don't know. I He says, did you think you went over? I said, went over what? What are you talking about? You stunk. And I want to tell you something. You know that one joke you did? <laughs> Jackie Miles tells that story, and he tells it better than you. <laughs> then you try to wave the flag by doing sofa talker and singing my Yiddish mama. I said, who are you? And before I had a chance to find out, uh, Mrs. Grossinger comes over, Uh and she says, are you talking to him? The the guy says, yes, I'm talking. She says, did I tell you never to talk to the entertainers? (laughs) Did I tell you that? And I said, who is he, Mrs. Grossinger? She says, he's the rabbi. (laughs) This is, this guy that gave me the critique was the rabbi. So that ought to tell you how the mountains were. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God, I'll tell you, I had such laughs. And everybody talked about how they got sexually satisfied in the mountains. I never once. Really? Never, never once did a girl come to me and say to me, you know what? Maybe we'll take a walk in the mountains because, you know, I'm from New York. Uh-huh. You know that? <laughs> I went with a girl. I got to tell you something. I went with a girl in New York. Let's see if I remember her name. Oh, my God. Oh, how could I forget her name? She smoked. She was the most gorgeous animal you've ever seen. Blonde, green eyes. I mean, just what was her name? Shecky. She smoked two cartons of cigarettes a day. Hear what I tell
0: you? That's nothing. But she had Chinese
1: hands. They were all they were all yellow. Good. I thought
0: you meant she she does good massages.
1: No. (laughs) So anyway, uh,
0: What? Her hands were yellow from smoking. From smoking.
1: So I one day we were at the. we're at Stage Delicatessen. I says, took her hand. I says, you know something? Diane. I says, Diane, I'm very fond of She went. <coughs> I says, there's something I've been wanting there. She went. <laughs> She's, what's that? I says, I'm getting out of here. <laughs>
0: Uh, what about, well, what about in Vegas? You must have done great with the ladies in Vegas. Never. I mean. No? Well, no, I, I never. I, You a, know
1: what? I, I was never a guy that went looking for ladies. I had guys used to come, I knocked off that one, I had that one, I did this one, I did that, that never. And I worked with some of the most beautiful women mm-hmm. in in Vegas, but that never appealed to me. I just wanted to win on a horse that day.
0: Horses, not women? Yeah, Horses. no
1: women. <laughs> Guy said to me, She's a gorgeous guy. I says, is she on all fours? I believe she's on all fours.
0: <laughs> this is a good transition to go into the philosophy because
1: This is of Pericles, are we talking about Pericles? Who are we talking about?
0: Well, the guy that Alex picked out for you is a guy named I hope I'm saying this right, Blasé uh Pascal you know about him
1: oh that's french that's yeah, not french.
0: that's not roman i'm saying Fr- bless uh, pascal pascal et j'ai
1: le tort entre français à pascal On plus une minute fit quelle raise peu
0: what you have in uh, common with him is uh, You uh, talk uh, about uh, the races, uh, the gambling. uh, He was a gambler? Uh, Well, he talks about a wager. That's what he's famous for, is talking about a wager. And what did he say? Well, let's find out. He lived from June 19th, which is my brother's birthday, June 19th, 1623, to August 19th, 1662. Wow, he was born and he died on the 19th of the month. I think I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I always think about these numbers. Like you never know what what day of the month is going to be significant for you one day, you know? You only know the one that you were born on, but you never know the number, you know, the final number of the month. Like for me a 5th of the month could mean nothing, but I might die on a fifth of the 5th of a month someday. I think about that. Well, sometime. why would you even think about the fifth of the month? Because maybe I should have a stronger connection with the fifth of the month. Why, why would
1: you even think about the fifth of the month? <coughs> why, where is it set the fifth of the month for you? No,
0: I just picked a random day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Kind of put that down, the fifth of the month. Put it down. Hopefully, I'll, hopefully I won't die well, on the fifth Well, we're past of the, the
1: fifth of the month now. So you, you got another month to go. Well, I don't want to
0: die on Cinco de Mayo. That could be a... Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> You'll have a Mexican hat
1: dance. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, he was a French mathematician, a physicist, an inventor, a writer, and a Christian philosopher.
1: That lets me out immediately.
0: (laughs) You don't want to hear anything. I'm out of all of those. He was a child prodigy. He was educated by his father. You were educated by your father. You were telling me. Yes,
1: I learned horses from my father.
0: Right. So there's another connection. He was a tax collector in Rouen. I don't know if I ever say these French words right, but R-O-U-E-N, Rouen. Uh, Pascal's earliest work was in the natural and applied sciences, where he made important contributions to the study of fluids, and clarified the concepts of pressure and vacuum by generalizing the work of Evangelist uh, Evangelista Evangelista Torricelli. I don't know who that is. Let me see that. It's in blue. The word. Where is it at?
1: Evangelista Torricelli. Evangelista Torricelli, Torricelli. Pascal also wrote in defense of the scientific method. In 1642, while still a teenager, he started some pioneer work on calculating machines. After three years of effort and 50 prototypes, he was one of the first two inventors of the mechanical calculator. How do you like that? Yeah. We've we got to blame him for all the stuff that's out now.
0: <laughs> he, he, was he probably a, would have been a great gambler.
1: Yeah, that's right. He probably was the first Bill Gates. He built 20 of these machines called Pascal's Calculators and later Pascaline's in the following 10 years. Okay, take it from there. In 16- 16... <laughs> <laughs> in
0: 1646, he and his sister Jacqueline identified with the religious movement within Catholicism Known by its detractors as
1: Jensenism. Jensenism. You heard of it? No. His father died in 1651 following a religious experience. What religious? In late 54, he began writing influential works on philosophy and theology. His two most famous works date from this period: the Letters Provinciales and the Pensées. In that year, he also wrote an important treatise on the arithmetical triangle. But this was a smart man. Yeah. Pascal had poor health, I guess so, he was too busy doing these things, especially after his 18th year and his death came just two months after his 39th birthday. Pasquale, Pasquale, I'm sorry that you fell. You were a very, very bright man. As I say in France, Je l'en I'm ashamed that you died. What a crime, Pasquale. We would have been such friends. I'm sorry that you had such a quick, quick end. But may I say, in that hereafter one day, we'll meet you and I, Pasquale. Ladies and gentlemen, in the background is Daddy's band. <laughs> uh, now, why did he pick Pasquale for me? I don't understand. What? What does? Well, well, Pas- what was his definition, or was it his his
0: uh, well, Pasquale, association with him? it's the wager. The wager is what he's famous for. So we're getting to the, what the wager is now. But basically, Pas- Pascal talked about a wager. That was his big philosophical. Thing and wagers have to do with gambling.
1: Calculators also, but uh, is it now? You we're talking about the 1600s. They're talking about calculators. It's phenomenal. I I often wonder what you know in your own life. What period would you like to live? You know, what would be the greatest period for you to live in? And. uh, I, I, with all my thinking and everything else, I think the period that I grew up in, the, 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 uh, 1933, when, when we had the, uh, when everybody was so poor.
0: The Depression?
1: The Depression. Imagine, I forgot the word. I'm talking about Pasquale. <laughs> I forgot depression. And I should, I've been living with depression all my life. I forgot it. Anyway. Is it true? Do you really have depression? Oh, yeah, I got got manic depressive. I'm uh, I'm, I'm polar, bipolar, north polar, and south
0: polar. You know, I I have depression problems as well. Is there anything, any advice you can give me for it?
1: Well, you can take the stuff that I take. I take Lexapro.
0: Does it work?
1: Yeah. I've taken many, many, many pills in my life. But Lexaprose. I mean, there's all kinds of, thank God for that, because I come from a family that, that had that, and they didn't have those things in those days, mm-hmm. you
0: know. But, um, a, lot of people, a lot of people have pointed out that a lot of comedians suffer from depression. Yes. What do you think it is? Is there a link between this personality type and depression?
1: Well, I gotta say yes because that's the way it is. But I, I got, I, but there is something for those people to want to get out before the public. So to, to, I don't know whether that's a cure, if they're looking for a cure for that, you know, because to, to get involved with people mm-hmm. or what it, or just hide out some some depressives hide out you know i had an aunt that hid in a closet for years mm-hmm. I, people would come in the house she'd go right into the closet you know <laughs> yeah but she knew where the clothes were you know would send her get us a blue coat she would hand out the blue coat you know
0: very but, useful <laughs> but
1: uh, danny you, you, your personality is very much i haven't been with you long but it's very similar to mine so I don't know what your background. You come from that Yiddish background, and so and so. Right. And what happens? Where these people came from in Europe? Your family come from Europe originally. Yeah. They came from where?
0: Well, half of them came from Spain with the Inquisition, and yeah, half, half of them came from uh, Austria-Hungary area. I think. Oh, that yeah.
1: Well, Spain was a different. That's the Sephardics.
0: Right. I'm a I'm a half and half. Here's
1: a, You're a Sephardic.
0: I'm a half Sephardic. I don't want
1: to get too close. You're you're a Sephard, you know. I was sitting next to a guy, who was a Sephard. Would you believe that? (laughs) How far do you want to go? But, uh, yeah, but but see, that's that background of those people, those Jews. Mm -hmm. And that that illness spread across that thing. I don't know why, you know. Right. And there was only one poor psychiatrist fixing them all up, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. You know who that was?
0: Were we talking about uh, Freud or Freud? Yeah,
1: Freud was sniffing a coke and fixing <laughs> juice. <you know>. Tell <laughs> I would like to tell you something. My name is Freud, and people tell me that I sniff cocaine. <laughs>
0: He's just getting high and getting horny. Yeah. That's
1: what... <laughs> I want to tell you, everything was sexual in those days. I said to the, I said one day, as I was putting pipe in my tobacco, I said to the man, do you love your mother? He <laughs> said, yes, not as much as you love your pipe, what you're doing with your thumb in the pipe, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> this is the way we talked in Vienna in those days. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> He's just a horny old bastard who was high out of his mind. Pretty much. Well,
1: miss, Mrs. Uh, Missus Freud took cocaine also, you know, but uh, I, I, the philosophy, it's, you know, there's little books I go into this store and I got little books on all philosophers. And once in a while, I'll pick up a book and it, it's interesting uh, The 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 development of our of our of our our, our intellect and everything else comes from the other people's philosophy. I mean, at every uh-huh. every year, I mean, every year, every generation, there's different philosophers and everything, different thoughts, and uh, that's what makes us what we are.
0: And comedy too, it's like that, you know. Uh, for me to exist as a comedian, it's it has to be in part because you existed as a comedian.
1: Yeah, but I I'm going to be very very honest, and I I'm going to be hated right now for what I'm going to say. I I love everybody that's doing comedy because they want to do, it. and it, it must be a good reason for it. But I think there's too much of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not saying these kids are not good; they're not. This to me, there's just I just sick and tired of it. All right, I quit. I, I mean, I just the I bit. just I just turn on a television yeah. set. I just I just had it already.
0: It's just too many different people.
1: I love John Stewart because there's a different key. That's political humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colbert, I love him, but I mean. It, uh, the Ellen's—I've had the Ellen's already. Ellen was great for a while. Get her off already, of you know. I mean, she's <laughs> too much. Too much Ellen. I mean, it, it, yeah, too. to think and I really was an Ellen fan. Uh huh. But it's all to, to her personal life with with this girl. With she's, she hates the girl. They're going to sue. Three hundred fifty million dollar divorce. I mean, this is all
0: craziness. Uh, all of this crap. I don't is crazy. follow it. I, I I thought she was a great comedian. I thought. I thought she was
1: a great comedian too. I really enjoyed her. Yeah, much more than uh, this. What is this one who I hate with a purple passion? That's on that, the uh, the real filthy one, uh, the Italian girl, Lampinelli. Oh, the name makes me sick. Lisa Lampinelli. <laughs> who would go to watch a Lisa Lampinelli? What is it? <laughs> it sounds like something broken in the street. <laughs> hey, Charlie, fix the Lisa Lampinelli. Yeah, but, yeah, I told you, fix it, it's broken. <laughs> Can't be fixed. I, I don't care. These shows, Jeff Ross, who I know very well, I mean, to me, now it's, I don't even want to say it. Now we're going back to that word dreck again. What makes people want to see somebody made, fun, made a fool so, out of a Does cult? it
0: offend you? Uh, it, it offends you because it's something that you hold very dear? You mean comedy? Yes.
1: It's, yeah I hold comedy very dear yes I, that's a very good way of putting it because there, there's, a, there's a need desperate, desperate need I, wherever I go I go in the supermarkets I sing and I tell jokes do any you go in any supermarket they'll tell you about some right. nut an old man that comes in or, yeah. and sings and does things right but this to me to be allowed to do this and disgrace Betty White who I adore and worship to go on this show pooh, I mean how dare them you
0: know. Mm-hmm.
1: So and that show is a
0: success? I don't know which show we're talking about now. Which were
1: well, they meant that the terrible uh, the Roast that the
0: Oh the Roast show, sure. With the I Jeff didn't...
1: Ross the Jeff Ross and those guys. Yeah. Yeah. William Shatner was on it, this brilliant actor going on a
0: so you, what about the Dean Martin roast? Did, were those any better? To well, you? I
1: didn't I wouldn't I refuse to do any roast. So I never did the you Dean. You never Martin.
0: liked roasts in general. No, I never because did. Cuz it's a mean-spirited kind of comedy.
1: No, whatever. Let them. That that was But that was that was funny. That was planned and that was funny. The Dean Martin roast. So what's do, the
0: distinction between the Dean oh, Martin the roast the and, and it's just the filth. Oh my
1: god. You can't. That's you don't want to see that side of somebody because that isn't the side of them.
0: So you're disappointed in how comedy has progressed or think, regressed. What they think in, of comedy,
1: yeah. Right. Comedy, comedy is not all schmutz with these kids. Listen.
0: So you're upset about that because I'm upset
1: about that. There's 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 uh, uh, too, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, upset, I'm upset about what people accept and what they can't accept. Mm-hmm. And using those words and everything, why, why? And they're and they're clever and they're bright and they don't need it. But
0: so you think people are selling themselves short? In other words,
1: no, they're not. Something because they they know that's that's the shortcut to get a laugh. You know
0: that's so. It. Who do you blame—the audience or the comedian for this? Do you, do you blame well, it's society? Be, it's got to be, be the
1: comedian that, 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 that does it.
0: Maybe society has deteriorated to the point that the comedian has. Well, their the to, society, to, their
1: society. I mean, that particular society. Had, so maybe listen. Maybe I'm too old, and it just that stuff has bypassed me. But uh, but
0: you've kind of seen, and I've talked to Shelley Berman about the same thing. You've seen oh the in-
1: Shelley Berman probably didn't like anything.
0: <laughs> what you've seen the entire sort of the whole picture of comedy as as it happened. You knew Lenny Bruce too, right? Well, did, Lenny Bruce,
1: did- yes, I buried Lenny
0: Bruce. My money, part of my money. Can you tell me about your friendship a little bit with Lenny? Because No,
1: you want to know something. Every time I think of Lenny, I get sick because there was a talented, bright man and everything. He just, he was a loss. I don't care what anybody says. But with his brilliance and his thing.
0: Addiction as well?
1: With his addictions and everything. is just was a loss.
0: You couldn't sympathize with him, though? Because no. Because you, you both had addictive personalities. No, no, no,
1: no, no, no. If you have addictive personalities, you try to help yourself. He had a wife that he stayed with a wife. She was the probably the worst human being on God's green earth, Kitty. And uh she put him on all this stuff and I know no, that was a lost life. That that that's something I don't even want to talk about. Well, I, won't, a, I won't I won't push this, you to that, talk about because it. Because he was just a lost life. There's some people that are put on earth are just
0: Was he a good friend to you though? Can we talk was about a good, that?
1: Yeah, he was a good friend. And I would I loaned him money at times and and uh Strange things happened. I could go on and fun, funny things happened. But it has to be in another day. Because I'm not in the Lenny mood right now, Lenny Bruce mood.
0: So so you've seen all these different people. You've seen all these people who are, to me, iconic figures in comedy. That uh, Some of them are not, you know, they're just ideas to me. They're. I never met them. I never met, you know, I've met very few people who have met them. Danny,
1: the success Of the later on comedians has been television. Uh, When I was being developed, or or I developed myself, there were nightclubs. You would go to a nightclub like the Copacabana. Then a guy really went to the Mm Copacabana. He's something. Then you go to the Shape Rinch Cook. Boy, that guy's something. He's a Shape Princh. But uh, there may be a theater. But we didn't have television. Now you you used to do. uh, Steve Allen first you did the Steve Allen show My God, were you on a Steve Allen show you know it was like right, right. boy and then you were on a, a you were on a Johnny Carson show oh boy you know right uh, like a lot of people say like I never saw you in person but I saw you on the Ed Sullivan show well I was direct on the Ed Sullivan show that was I never did anything mm. on the Ed Sullivan right here shit tonight Chicky, chikey, chuck, chuck, chicky, chike. What is that fat kid's name? <laughs> and uh, I never was good on the show, but they saw you on the show. Mm-hmm. So anybody seeing people on television, you know, that's what made Ellen and Rosie, so you, who I,
0: I think is the worst. I mean, this is the same argument that, uh, you know, all the, the jazz musicians in New Orleans, You going back, you'd ask, earlier if there was a what period in time I would like to live in if I could live in any period of time. The jazz period? Yeah, I would like to go to where jazz started in New Orleans and uh, but but those guys, I think uh Freddie Keppard and they didn't want to uh record their jazz on they records. Didn't, they, didn't want to go. Yeah. they they thought that would ruin the purity of jazz, which is kind of like what you're saying about television and comedians. But ultimately, you know, you have to keep up with the media that's available, right? The no, television
1: television's the only media right now, not even records. I don't think records... Do records do that well?
0: Um, well, mine isn't. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to push it. Pick up my record, folks.
1: Uh,
0: but, oh, you know, I realized I interrupted you when you were telling me what period you would like to live in earlier.
1: Well, the period that I, I grew up in, I think, was the best because I saw... Uh, I went into war. I mean, I went to... Was it the, the Depression? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember us being very poor. My father once was a vice president of a company, shoe company. Then he had to give all that up, and we were very poor. And my mother had to go to work. And I went through that period where the World's Fair, we used to walk, my brother and I were little kids, walked to the World's Fair. And that developed my life. And then little by little, and then the war came. I went overseas. I was aboard an aircraft carrier. What was that like? That, that was great. I wish I would have stayed in the Navy. And I got only got out of high school because of the Japanese. They bombed Pearl Harbor and I was let out of high school. Why?
0: Why? So my, why did my diploma
1: you love- says, you know, thanks to the Japs.
0: <laughs> I graduated high school. Why did you love the Navy so much?
1: It. I became, I, I was 17, 18 years old and I, I became an individual. I didn't, my mother and father, my mother, you know, my mother was a Jewish mother. She lost track of my two brothers older brothers so it was on me all the time you know it was terrible and uh, I took over an ice cream stand aboard the, the, the aircraft carrier I had five guys working <laughs> under me you know
0: that's not and, what I would have envisioned no
1: but I, I, I mean in the middle of the battles and I was down below serving ice cream uh-huh. and somebody said to me once you know I had the bars and I said what was the toughest for you and I said butter pecan butter pecan was very bad <laughs> very tough
0: <laughs> but uh did you lose friends of yours in the, in the war? No, we only lost one guy aboard
1: our ship. Because our ship... Too much ice cream? <laughs> no, our ship... <laughs> let me tell you about this. Our ship was what they call a night fighter. In other words, there was one ship by the, the Randolph that had night fighters, and they got hit by the Kamikaze. So they had to go back. And now they didn't have a night fighter, the guys that flew at night. They sent our ship back to, to Fort Island to get special training. Mm-hmm. So we were like, at the end of the uh, Halsey's third fleet we were like at the end everybody protected us mm-hmm. so we, while they were fighting in the Japanese bay we were like in the B- Brooklyn Navy Yard you know there were so right. many ships in front of us you know but one Japanese guy says oh we golden this our ship lie down there oh, his ice cream get a ice cream <laughs> from
0: Slicky <laughs> <laughs> do you think being in the war shaped your beliefs about religion <laughs> No.
1: No, no, because I aboard I ship, I went to the, the the Catholic service, I went to the Jewish service, I went to the Lutheran service, anything that I can get out of, you know- mm-hmm. no, I, religion is just just in my life, and I've seen people with religion. I've been close to people that are religious, and it's I don't see where religion has done anything good for
0: anybody. Well, this is a good transition to go to our guy, Pascal. Pascal believed that it is best to believe in God not because it is good, but because it is safe. If you're wrong and there's no God, then you die and nothing happens. So it's a draw. If you believe and there is a God, then you go to heaven. If you don't believe in God and there is one, you burn in hell. Therefore, your safest option is to believe because believing keeps you safe from damnation just in case there is a hell. I guess that's the wager, you know?
1: That's very good. That's very intelligent. But I don't. Uh, I don't want to go. I don't. I don't want to find out whether there's a hell or a heaven, because I know there isn't. You, I not that I'm smarter than Pasquale, but mm-hmm. that's his thoughts and those are my thoughts.
0: What about God? Do you think there's a God?
1: I don't know. You know, if there's a God. Uh, I can't say. Is my wife in a room? No. <laughs> Because my wife is kind of religious. She doesn't know that I feel this way.
0: Oh, so don't tell her. I won't tell her.
1: Do I believe there's a God? No, all I could tell you is when I'm hurt, when I get a door slammed and my fingers, say, God, why'd you do this? <laughs> you, know, you know what I <laughs> that's mean? That's the only time. <laughs> yeah, that's if, if something breaks out of me, God, why do I have this? You know. Uh-huh. So I don't know who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. You know? But it gives me a, it gives me a name to, to identify with these things that I have. You know, uh, it wouldn't be good if I slammed my finger at said, "Ellen,"
0: mm-hmm. you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you got enough anger towards Ellen right now. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't need her. Yeah. So, so, you, what do you make of consciousness? What do you make of the experience that we have in this world? I think. If you can find a way
1: of living your life good, not godly, I mean, that's, some people would say godly. Good. If you can find what makes you happy, what makes it, Things that make you sad could also make you happy, remember. I mean, you don't have to be sad all the time. And if something's sad, that you don't have to have a destructive thing about that. Sometimes sad is very good because out of sad, you find goodness, you know? Can,
0: can you give me an example?
1: Well, I'll give you an example. You're walking in a room and there's a chair broken and you hit the chair and you you curse and you so and so and so and so. Now what am I going to do? I throw that, I've been comfortable with that chair for years. If I throw that chair out, and, no, let me go have that chair fixed. I put a nice pillow on that chair. I had a thing. To, now for the rest of the time, I really appreciate that chair. Mm-hmm. Gee, I'm glad I didn't throw that chair out. You know? Yeah. That's just it's an insignificant little thing. But what I'm getting at is. There's so many beautiful things in life. A good meal, I mean, like, like especially you and I. Mm-hmm. A good meal is the most satisfying if you eat it right. If you have your nice salad, if you, you don't pick out anything. You know, that's, there's that word again, that's godly. That's good. Mm-hmm. Some people will say that's godly because God created all of these things. He created the food and so and so.
0: All right, well, I've got a little bit of a... Uh... Stuff that Pascal wrote here that I'm going to ask you to read and we'll discuss it. So if you don't mind, right here.
1: God is or he is not, but to which side shall we incline? Reason can decide nothing here. There is an infinite chaos which separates us. A game is being played at the extremity of this infinite distance where heads or tails will turn up. What will you wager? According to reason, you can do neither the one thing nor the other. According to reason, you could de- defend neither of the propositions. You must wager. It is not optional. If you gain, you gain all. If you lose, you lose nothing. Wager then, without hesitation, that He is. Well, we just discuss that God is or He is not. You right, know, right. And I feel that, the, that God is not. I, I feel that we are. We are, every individual, is God to himself. Mm-hmm. and we put out uh, to other people what is godly and what is, what is the word godly, uh, what is good or what is bad. Right. And uh,
0: How about from a gambling point of view? Is that a good wager that way? Is that uh,
1: a- From a gambling point of view, no. Gambling, I wish that all gambling was wiped from the face of the earth. They did it from the beginning of time. They did it with stones. Mm-hmm. They did it with everything. Gambling was from beginning. No, I wish there was no such thing as gambling, but that's, man is a gambler in general. You know, mm-hmm. we we gamble. We have a baby. We gamble. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? You know, but... Uh,
0: is that the thrill of it? Just it's the thrill the, of... No,
1: the, the, the let me tell you. And the thrill of winning in gambling is a strange thing. If you win, it's not enough. I've seen people win $10,000 and they say, just one more hand, one more hand, you know. Well, one more hand, two more hands, it doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. Now, gambling is... Uh, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible. Drinking is a terrible sickness. Smoking is a terrible sickness. But we, that's what, that's what Ameri- the, the world is about. It's sicknesses. There's wars, sickness. I, it, it's breaking my heart what's happening. Because I'm 88 and I may not be here next year. I hope you will. The world. Well, you said I will. Maybe I will. But you want to know something? The way the world is going, they want to use these bombs. Putin is sitting there, you know, smiling. He wants to use a bomb.
0: Uh, The Iranians want to get started and use a bomb. So being through everything, the Cold War, Vietnam, World War II, you've seen all this stuff and you're saying this time right now is scarier than all those?
1: Well, each each generation is going. Oh yeah, because they got more things now. Oh yeah, this is the most frightening. I mean, I don't know whether I'll see more frightening in my life, but this is the most frightening thing in the world. I just uh, Pascal lived at a good time in the sixteen hundreds.
0: Yeah. Well, what do you th- what do you think when you hear a guy like Pascal, who you're talking, is very intelligent, and this is something I often wonder because. Between atheists and God believers, there's very intelligent people on both sides. Very intelligent yes. people. So what do you make when you, be- when you meet somebody who's very intelligent and believes in God? Does it make you think?
1: Well, religion is a business. Uh, there's no, no believing in anything else. Religion is a business. Uh, Catholicism is a business. Take a look at the, the, the wealthy bank in, in Rome. Uh,
0: at the, I agree with you, but everything's a business. No, comedy is a business. The, I mean,
1: comedy is a business, but it's not a religion. Taking people's—you don't go into people's lives with comedy. You don't. You don't tell them which way to go and how to go and why to go.
0: Well, to to an extent, a comedian does. Like we were talking about Louis Black. I mean, these guys are very influential, in, in and they become philosophers. Say. Yeah.
1: Well, Lewis Black, who I think is brilliant, I think should get off a couple, take out a couple of Fs from his thing. I don't, mm-hmm. To punctuate a joke with an F doesn't make him brilliant. You know, with all his education and everything. Lewis, if you hear this, I love you and everything else, but you don't need that.
0: All right. Well, I'm sorry. I got, I got us off track a little bit, but I, I want to get back to these quotes. On the, we have these three quotes to go through. We all want to get back to the quotes. If it's all right with you, Mr. Green, I'd yeah. love to get back to the quotes. Oh, coach. my goodness gracious, then. I didn't know you from what
1: I was. Well, of course, sir. I was, God bless if... you. You look a lot like Charles Lawton. Did anyone oh, ever Oh, do say? you think so? No, no. Yeah. never told me that God before. Bless wonderful you. you could be one of mine, you know. <laughs> Belief is a wise wager. Granted, the faith cannot be proved. What harm will come to you if you gamble on its truth and it proves false? I don't know what that means. I just read it. It, And if I was in school in English class, my wife, my teacher would say, read it over and over till you know. Belief is a wise wager. Belief, yeah. Granted, that faith cannot be proved. What harm will come to you if you gamble on the truth and it proves false?
0: He's saying if you just believe, what's the harm in that? What, what bad could come out of it?
1: Well, if you believe is one thing, but if you gamble on something, if you if, but if you gamble on its truth and its false, you didn't lose anything because you found out it was false. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't gamble on it, you wouldn't have found out if it was false or true. So in other words, we got to make a move to, to the right or to the left before we find anything in life. Right. I mean, if you don't move at all, you don't go anyplace. The only thing that establishes education is right and wrong. We, we know what, as we learn, we learn what's right. And then if we learn, we learn what's wrong. So if you burn your finger, that's wrong. You don't ever cook on that stove again. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your wife do it. Let her burn her finger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny, yeah, funny. Fun-
1: <laughs> Call up Ellen and tell her. In faith, there is enough light for those who want to believe and enough shadows to blind those who don't. Well, faith is, is a belief. It's not God. So when you say faith, that's just a word, faith.
0: What does it mean? Uh,
1: faith is that you believe in something, good faith. He did it in good faith. It's a word that, that describes something. But uh, I, I want to have, see, that's, that goes back into God again. If you want to have faith, then you're saying, I want to have God, mm-hmm. you know? So how do you put those two things together? Because religion is a faith. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just, uh, I have faith in my wife that she will do something good. I have faith in my dog. Mm-hmm. My dog will do something good. But do I believe like a religious faith? No. Very interesting. I'm going to keep this paper and, and study it and call up Pasquale.
0: Five bucks. What? Yeah. For the paper.
1: What's his? i got to make a living here. His number is uh, oh. François uh. de Sondre et fisier du Plateau.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of numbers you got to dial to get to him. First of all, you've got to dial enough numbers to go back in time. Oh, good. And then there's the international fees. I think there's one more quote, isn't there?
1: Faith is different from proof. The latter is human. The former is a gift from God. See, that's what I just said. Mm-hmm. Faith is a gift from God. Faith is God. So, do, do you
0: believe in God? He's saying, "Why not?" it Doesn't hurt. Uh, yeah, I
1: mean, it hurts if you don't believe in him. If you don't believe in something, it, it doesn't hurt, but it's not good. It's a why right. believe in something you don't believe in? Right. You know. Uh, his
0: his thing is saying, if damnation's in the picture, which is a very Catholic idea, I think. I don't think that...
1: Well, most most things have come with faith that they're Catholic, you know. You you find that very rarely you find that word in in, uh, uh, Mormon.
0: Did you ever do any Jewish studying in your youth? Did you ever read any old Talmud or No,
1: I mean, through the years, I guess I picked up things, you know. But, I mean, the the old Talmud and stuff like that, uh, to pick up things... uh, No, because I, you know, when I went to temple and I saw the old Jews, I was a little kid. And the old, the the altar, the the prayers, Mm -hmm. prayers would sit there with their shawls and knocking their chest, Mm -hmm. you know, and smell of tobacco so bad and a smell of a little bit of whiskey. They all had their little schnapps, you Mm -hmm. know and i saw them praying and i saw them whacking and everything else it wasn't it wasn't desirable to me it wasn't uh, I, I appreciated the fact that they were religious men mm-hmm. because we were taught that this is a religious man you know this is this is a, a tante elke's uh, uncle uh, you know this is uncle schloim. He's a very religious man. Hello, Uncle Schleim. How are you? I want to tell you about mitzvah. Yes, I was. At what age were you about mitzvah? 14. I was dumber than the other kids. They were at 13. <laughs> I had to take an extra year. Oh, uh, you know. So, I they, they didn't appeal to me. The yeah. old Jews sitting there smelling and smoking and mm-hmm. everything else. So that wasn't appealing that I should go to a temple. You never felt the connection to it, no. And on on the holidays, would they would dress me up? They would get me a new suit, and they would they would you know we would go to Bobby and Zaidi's house, and they would go to temple with them, you know. Mm-hmm. And we would hear the guy with the head bowing, you know, never knowing that his head was caught to his belt it was going up and down with the zipper, uh-huh. you know. But uh, that didn't, didn't appeal to me. Uh, I felt closer sometimes when I got into a Catholic church. Uh, I felt what you're supposed to feel, you know, religiously. I felt St. Patrick's Church, and I felt all those candles, mm-hmm. and I saw those statues. And I said, I do a, a joke in my act. I'm going to do my whole act now,
0: uh-huh.
1: where I lost my voice. Uh-huh. And they told me I would never get my voice back. And my wife and I used to go to a Catholic church, she was Catholic, and she would give money to the church, she'd light a candle. Uh And then after this, one day, we went to St. Patrick's Cathedral. We went to St. Patrick's Cathedral, and she said to me, give me $50. I said, $50 for what? (laughs) She said, didn't you know that every time I light a candle in church, I leave $50 for the church? Uh I said, every time you light a candle in church, you leave $50. I got my voice back. It was a miracle.
0: (laughs) That's great. How come? Oh, you're all the way out here. You're far away from the comedy clubs and all that. Do you do you still get on stage? No, I don't go to
1: comedy clubs. The comedy clubs. The co- first comedy club out here was with Sammy Shore.
0: Sure, the co- and now Mitzi. I heard an interview on YouTube where you talked about you were offered to buy into the comedy store because yeah, she though.
1: wanted me to come
0: in. Yeah, but you didn't want to do that.
1: No, but I got it for her.
0: Mm-hmm. You, I got the club for her. You got it for Mitzi. For Mitzi. Right.
1: Cause Mitzi was just leasing at that time.
0: You were able to get them out of the. Con- I
1: went. I went to the owner of the place, Frank uh, Senes. Uh huh. I said, Frank, she wants to buy us. He says, Okay, make it up. And so said, she wanted me to go in. And I says, No, Mitzi, you know.
0: And all the great comedians that came out of there, Richard Pryor, David Letterman. Not one Letterman. has ever
1: said a lot. Well, Richard Pryor, maybe, but
0: you, you weren't close with any of those guys. David,
1: David, what's Letterman. all these years? Never asked me once to do a show. Never once. But no, I never really got friendly with those guys.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I never hung around. As I said before, I never hung around with any of
0: that
1: type. I never hung around with my guys.
0: When are you going to get on stage again? Never. My wife don't want me to work. Why? Do you miss it?
1: Get on stage, get on stage, tell a joke, <laughs> entertain the folk. I don't want to embarrassed. I don't want to be destroyed. I don't want to be employed, I don't want to work anymore. No, I, I, I don't want to do it anymore. Really? I really don't, no. It's out there for a lot of kids and everything. When I, as I said before, there's a lot of people, the, I'll get up on kibbutz, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. But I, I won't do it. You're one of the greatest comedians that's ever lived. You got you to... Gotta uh,
1: well, I don't... You know something? That's another thing. I never believed in myself. I, with all of the things, with the names on the marquees, I never believed in Shucky e. Green. Why? I don't know why. Just something in my... It, maybe I didn't have enough faith.
0: Maybe I didn't have enough God. You should have talked to Pascal. <laughs> I've got to straighten you out here. Monsieur, where are you? Come back. Take to me. Please, I want to talk to you. Shaki please, go on stage just one more time. It's not a big deal, huh? Uh,
1: yes, yeah, so you talk about that, I'll tell you something. <laughs> come on. This, this is the way they talked in the First World War. In the trenches, I said, forget about it. Let the American do it.
0: <laughs> I think so. You need to uh, do a little... Uh...
1: You do very good dialects.
0: Oh, thank you. You do more... Uh no. Not Greece, all. could you do Greek? Greek?
1: Greek. You guys that say Greek. I, I was in Greece, I was in Upapollonius, uh-huh. and I was seeing all those people in Greek. Uh-huh. Yeah, because Greece is great It's a great place, Greece. <laughs> Except when they're cooking and the guy takes his hand and goes like that. You shouldn't see that.
0: <laughs> That's too much Greece. Well, you don't miss being on stage, are there, aren't you? You must be having a thousand funny thoughts a day, and there you get you go into the la- la- laundry, of... the laundromat, and the restaurant, and there these people are the luckiest people in the world because they're getting this great comic genius it's from what you. I do, but but I, the audiences don't get it anymore. It's a little it, unfair.
1: I, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. It, it was go- oh, there was no respect of who I was or what I was.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I believe in Shecky, even if Shecky doesn't believe in Shecky. I, uh, I, I, would love, I would love to see you perform someday if you ever get well, the... get
1: me a job. It doesn't have to be too much, just
0: $50,000. right, forget it. You know, I'm not... Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, uh, I worked Vegas. That's the last show I did it was in Vegas. What year? Just, just a couple of years ago. It was okay. the last one. And uh, I looked at the room and I said to myself, it, 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 the people were wonderful. But they had a bar in the room, and I don't like to work where there's a bar. And I, it also, it was not set up, and the sound was not set up. The guy, a lot of people build rooms to build rooms. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're building. When they built the Tropicana Hotel, they had no way for the girls to get off stage. They walked into a wall. <laughs> I, I mean, they, they, show business is just something Here. You know, and not only that, we'll give you a show, too. Yeah. There'll be this dinner and that dinner, and then you know what? There'll be a show. (laughs) That's show business. Yeah. But that's not, when you have respect for your show business, you want the right sound, you want the right this, you want the right that.
0: So the last time you were on stage in Las Vegas, you felt...
1: I didn't, and the the man that owned it was one of the greatest people, treated me like, but I just didn't enjoy the room. Every time I turned and I saw that bar just... Turn me off.
0: Well, that's a sad story that the last show you, you yeah, did would and, be and that Yeah, and want way. to
1: know something. The bartender was the only one laughing at the bar. I'll never forget that.
0: That shouldn't be your last show. As
1: the last show pulled down the curtain, I saw the bartender smiling. And I had a tear in my eye. At the last show. At the last show. At the last show. At the last show. Where would I go to make this dough? I was sad it was the let
0: show. Shecky, thanks so much for My being pleasure, on the show. Thanks for having Thank me. You. Our show thank you everybody for tuning in thank you to Shecky Green please write me at comical at yahoo.com tell me what you think of the show let me know say hello go on iTunes this week if you can leave five stars and a nice comment that'll help the show grow thank you very much for tuning in have a great week everybody goodbye